When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Su. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there. I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. What's going on, everybody? Happy Friday. Welcome into Follow the Money live from downtown Las Vegas, Circa Resort and Casino. Stormy Bon and Tony with you alongside last minute co host today, our producer Justin Sweetelson. Thank you so much. Unfortunately, our guy, Sean King, feeling sick this morning. So we're filling in for the guys in a little bit of a different way today. Yeah, and lucky for me, Sean King and I are the same jacket size. There so this go. was just sitting around here. I don't have the quarterback expertise that Sean has, but I did use him in Madden. I know he's a little sensitive about his Madden rankings over yeah, we, the years. Yeah, we don't talk about those. He didn't help me get to the playoffs a few times. So I do have a little bit of a grudge that, that I hold against him, but happy to sit in here alongside you this morning here and follow the money. Yes, appreciate you. And the, the shoulder prowess looks great. <laughs> appreciate yeah, it. Don't fill it out quite the same. <laughs> Certain areas we do, but not there. We have a great show ahead. A packed guest list on this Friday. In the first hour, we're going to have our guy Greg Peterson of VSIN as well as Matt Humans join the show. Plenty of NFL. Uh, at Major League Baseball talk as well with a 14-game slate in the second half of the Major League Baseball season getting underway. Then in hour two, Eric McLean, ACC Network, college football analyst, some of his expectations for the alma mater, Clemson. Also, some really interesting comments from Pitt head coach, uh, Mr. Narduzzi. So we will get into those comments. Leo Mazzoni, former MLB pitching coach, Trevor Maddich, ESPN College Football Insider and NBC Sports Washington NFL analyst, Sad Sean isn't here just because I wanted to get Trevor's opinion right off the hop about how bad the BYU Cougars are going to beat USF week one of the college football season. I know he's very, very high on that opposite play. Tampa guy through and through, Sean King. What are you going to do? And then later on, of course, we're going to get into some NBA as well with Rick Kamla of SiriusXM NBA Radio, Eric Wood, Pro Football Center, former, uh, now currently with the Buffalo Bills radio broadcast. So, so much that we're going to get into throughout the course of the day. But Dustin, we know the alarm clock comes early for this program. And after yesterday's show, I go home, I take my regular nap to get refocused and reset for the next day. Enjoying those naps? Enjoying those naps, <laughs> very much so. I pull up my phone as soon as I wake up, and I have all these alerts because Kyler Murray signs his deal. Kirby Smart has a deal of his own. And I'm like, okay, I guess we got plenty to talk about. So let's start with Kyler Murray here. I thought we were in a recession, Stormy. Apparently, people are doing fine. Yeah. Uh, Kyler Murray, five years, $230.5 million, includes 160 guaranteed, so not quite the Deshaun Watson guaranteed money, but not doing too bad for himself. What was your first reaction when you saw this? 
This is something that they had to do because that regime might be on the hot seat. Kingsbury, uh, Steve Keim, the general manager, they went all in on Kyler after taking Josh Rosen in the first round. You have to pay him because everything rides on the, that five foot ten body of <laughs> Kyler Murray for that whole grouping. Remember, Cliff Kingsbury, when he came into Arizona, wasn't a winning coach in college. So it was an out-of-the-box hire. Murray's an out-of-the-box quarterback. If you're going to go that route, you just have to go completely all in, and this is what they had to do in order to keep Murray there. So the thing that I struggle with a little bit with this is, like, the rewarding of bad behavior. And I, I see your reaction to it initially. But, I mean, show me the results. Show me that you've matured. There's still two more years on his deal. They didn't need to do this now, in my opinion. Um, show me durability, all of these things that we haven't had. Yeah, well, speaking of he, they didn't have to do it now, do you know who loves that they did it now? Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Jackson. He's sitting there. Everyone's wondering why Lamar Jackson's holding out. He knows because everyone else is impatient, and he's just going to wait for his time because every time one of these quarterbacks signs a new deal, the floor for what the next franchise quarterback gets will go up. So Lamar Jackson's going, okay, everyone else keep giving contracts to other quarterbacks because compare their resume to Jackson. So this deal gives Kyler Murray the second highest paid quarterback average annual value, $46.1 million per year behind only Aaron Rodgers. But he's very clearly far and away not the second best quarterback in the NFL. So where would you rank him? So that's the thing, right? When you pay a quarterback in the NFL, it's not about how they compare to the other ones who have been paid and the salary is always moving. Going up. Yeah, yeah, it's always moving along. And as the salary cap grows and grows, the quarterbacks become more and more valuable, get more and more money. He's he's weird. He's weird off the field. He's weird on the field. Like, what do you make? Like, can you win a Super Bowl with this style? That is my question because he is a small guy. He has a great arm strength. He makes a ton of plays. But with that comes a guy who can get beat up a lot because he can't take the hits of a lot of people. I mean, we saw a guy in Cam Newton who took a ton of hits. He's so much bigger than Murray. And we saw what happened to his career at the end. He's not on a team right now. The Browns don't even want him. So I, I get why they're doing it. They had to do it. My question is, can it yield the results that they're looking for, which is ultimately a Super Bowl in Arizona? And I legitimately don't know if I believe that. I really don't think so. If you could award somebody an MVP for the first eight weeks of the season, like give it to Kyler year in and year out, he's so great. But then beyond that, I'm not so sure. And especially in a 17-week season now, the season's just longer. Then you've got the postseason where the durability is going to come into factor even more. I just have a really, really hard time with it. Yeah, it's a, it's a situation where you have to trust that your head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, can work things up now because he is now an investment, Kyler Murray. You have so much invested in him financially. It puts restraints on the rest of the roster. So now you have to make sure that you have a head coach who can find a way to draw plays and, and have a program that keeps him healthy for the long haul throughout the year. I can tell you, I love watching Kyler Murray play. I especially love him, watching him play in the second half when he's behind, throwing, making plays on the run. I mean, he's ex an exciting player. Yeah, but don't you think he does too much? I think he gets himself in trouble more often than not when That's, he does that. It's always the issue, right, with the running quarterback. They're awesome. It's my, it's probably my favorite thing to see in sports is, is a quarterback with the ability to run the football. They're just always more fun. But does it get you to the promised land? Does it get you where you need to be? Something That's I, the question. Something I did think that was a little bit interesting, and you know, every book is going to be a little bit different, but some books I saw, his MVP odds have actually gotten longer from 20 to 1 to 28 to 1 at some spots. So that's interesting because Sean King was talking about this the other day here on Follow the Money. He, he wanted to bet on the Cardinals if they never paid Kyler Murray. Yeah, in a show-me type of a year. Because similar like a Baker Mayfield, right? I know they were both at, at Oklahoma, but... He's a guy who thrives when everyone doubts him. Everyone thought he should have went and played baseball. Well, he stuck with football. And he definitely outperformed expectations because, remember, going into the draft, he wasn't thought of as being a, a top 10 pick, let alone the number one overall pick. In the last few weeks leading up to the draft, he jumped to number one. So he's a guy that when people doubt him, he's at his best. Now that he's paid, let, let, let's see how he reacts. And by the way, I the one thing I've learned about Kyler Murray over the years is I have no idea how he's going to react to anything. He is one of the <laughs> oddest people off the field. 
I think I've ever watched do any interview. The well, and just like in general, this offseason drama with the pulling of the social media, with the letter from his agent can that we, came out. Can we stop with the the social media, like the the social media police, like tracking every move <laughs> of these elite athletes. And it's then, like every sport, there's those tells that something's going on. For the NFL, it is most certainly the social media pull. It's like being in high school and putting it's complicated as your relationship status <laughs> on your Facebook. Like it's just it's so childish and odd, yet. It worked for Kyler here. Sean, um, one of those quotes, I, I pulled it out from yesterday because I was laughing. He said, if they don't give him the long-term deal, I'm definitely buying stock in the Cardinals. If they give him Dak Prescott money, I'm selling everything Cardinals related. Um, the Super Bowl odds for the Cardinals, 35 to 1. I feel just as firm as I did previously on my Cardinals not to make the playoffs bet, which when I bet it, it was minus 120. It's minus 150 now. continues to go up. I mean, they're, um, they're an uber-talented team. Like, they, they made so many moves going into last offseason that people thought they were going to take the next step. You know, there were some injuries, some issues, whatever. Maybe year two it comes together, but, look, when you pay the quarterback, similar to you mentioned with uh, Sean mentioning Dak Prescott money, the issue is you have less money to fund the rest of the positions, right? The benefit you had of Kyler being on a team-friendly deal for two more seasons is that you had more money to spread around to help him get there. And really, like... One of the key strategies in the NFL these days with the salary cap the way it is, is try to win a Super Bowl while your quarterback is getting paid on their rookie deal. That's out the window in Arizona now. Well, and I was looking at this thing from ESPN Stats and Info yesterday also. Cardinals had the longest championship drought of any franchise in the four major professional sports. 1947, their last one. Well, and that, that goes into the desperation here of why they have to make Kyler their guy. He's proven he's a franchise quarterback. There's no doubt about that. But think about the only success they've really had at quarterback. It's been retreads, mm -hmm. right? They missed them like Jake Plummer, Matt Leinart, Josh Rosen, but they had success with Kurt Warner, went to the Super Bowl. They had success with Carson Palmer at the end of his career. So they've had success with retreads. They never had a guy that they drafted and made their complete franchise guy, and they have opportunity here with 15 years of Kyler Murray at quarterback. And you mentioned Josh Rosen. At some point in the show, we will get into his transition now signing with the Cleveland Browns. So they have a little bit of depth in their, their quarterback room. <laughs> I've never been more wrong about anything than Josh Rosen, <laughs> Josh Rosen. Well, him and Ben McLemore, two guys that I thought from college to the pros, one basketball, one football, like definitely, definitely going to be a pocket passer, going to thrive in the NFL. He can't stick with a team for a full season. I think he's like averaging, like you could, they should put a prop out there. He's been on five teams. Is that right? Something like that. Will Josh Rosen be on over one and a half teams this season. <laughs> He um he made that obviously very brash comment when he was drafted about oh, all these teams are going to regret da, 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 da. well hey he ended up in Cleveland after all he did he did <laughs> and somehow the the guys that went ahead of him Baker and Sam Darnold ended up on the same team so, yeah uh, that draft is gonna we're gonna look back at that draft it's gonna be the weirdest draft and I still stand by yeah that Kyler or that Kyler Saquon Barkley is the worst pick of that draft because you Ooh. cannot take a running back number two, Ooh. even as bad as some of those quarterbacks have done. I am very interested, though, to get into that Browns conversation at some point because especially the the rumors that have come out that the suspension for Deshaun Watson could be anywhere between two and eight games, not the full season that most people expected. This first hour of Follow the Money presented exclusively by Bet Rivers, your hometown sports book. Check out their daily specials at betrivers.com. Um, plenty more NFL. We'll get a lot of college football, Major League Baseball on the way as well throughout the course of the hour. When we come back, we're going to do a little bit of win some, lose some, Dustin. And you're the man in charge of the videos. Do we have good stuff today? Uh, we'll find out momentarily. I guess that's the uh, that's the ticket. Don't go anywhere. Plenty more follow the money coming up in just a little bit. Win some, lose some next. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. 
My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hermosi, Layla Hermosi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. First Bet wants you to get in on all the horse racing action. Sign up today with promo code Vegas1000 and receive $10 instantly and up to a $1,000 bonus. Visit vsin.com slash horses for details and use that bonus code Vegas1000. Now from the racetrack. To the gridiron, excited to turn our attention back to college football. Stormy Tony in for Mitch and Paul today. Excited to welcome in Eric McLean, ACC Network and ESPN College Football Analyst. Former Clemson football captain, won two ACC titles with the Tigers and a national championship appearance. Welcome into the program. How are you? I know it's been a, a busy couple of days with ACC Media Days. Yeah, we're wrapping up uh, an awesome time here in Charlotte and Golly, it's long days, but it's great because it means football is right here. We're back. We're excited to talk about these teams. And it's just one of my favorite events because everybody's together. Everybody's undefeated. Everybody's happy. And, uh, you know, it's some great talking and then some great football conversation. Well, let's continue some of that conversation because your Clemson Tigers are the odds on favorite in the ACC to reclaim the crown after not being able to make the title game for the first time in seven years. It was an uncharacteristic year. And the biggest question mark, I think, for most people coming into this season is at quarterback. What can DJ Uyunglele do to rebound from that down year? And is it a good thing or a bad thing for DJ to have this up-and-comer, top overall quarterback in the 2021 class coming in, Cade Klubnik, right behind him now competing with him? How do you feel? 
Yeah, I'll start there because I think, you know, as, as crazy as it might sound to some people, I think it's actually really good um, because it's, it's going to push him like he hasn't been pushed, you know, really before and, and being the guy and, and having somebody behind him who is more than capable of being the starter. And I think it competition makes everybody better. Competition breeds greatness. And, and I think that's exactly, you know, what Clemson has seen throughout the spring and this off season. And then, you know, everybody hopes going into fall camp and of course into the season. So, you know, with DJ, as you said, that that's the biggest question mark, the quarterback position. It was not up to the standard that it has been set, you know, by Clemson quarterbacks that came before him. And I think when you look at that, he'll be the first to tell you. Um, and physically has changed his body. Now we need to see, does that equate to success on the field? How does that translate? And how does that get him going in the right direction? Um, because I think that, that it certainly is a great start, uh, but we, I don't think we'll really find out until that first game, you know, quarterbacks are the one position that they're never touched. They're never hit. So the physicality, the timing, you, you really do not ever see that until, you know, we have live bullets flying. And, and unfortunately uh, that won't be to the first game. Well, and I know the, the odds makers as of now certainly have high expectations for what the Clemson Tigers can do. The win total set at 10 and a half. They're obviously a favorite in the conference top four, even to win a national championship. Do you think if things really do swing the right way for DJ and for this group, they could be a national championship contender again? Yeah, I don't think there's any question. That, that's what Clemson has built over these last six years. And, and that's what Clemson has been able to, to develop and, and become on a very consistent basis. Uh, you know, you, you have these times where, you know, you, you miss a playoff, you know, we we've seen it and as crazy as it is, as rare as it, as it has been, um, you know, I don't think there's any question. This team has championship DNA and you start with that defense. This has a real shot to be one of the best uh, ever with, with the depth that they have, the defensive line that they have. A lot of people are going to want to compare it to that 2018 team that had three first round draft picks on the defensive line. I think you have to do that, but also combine it with 2014 with all the depth. I mean, that defensive line in 2014 still has four or five guys that are playing right now in the NFL. And we think how many years ago that was. So it's going to be an amazing defense, a dominating defense. And, you know, we're, we're going to see that early and often from them wreaking havoc in the backfield. When you look at their schedule, what are, what are some of the question mark games for you as they look ahead? You know, it's funny, you know, that you asked that because I can remember, these last five or so years, you look at Clemson's schedule, you're like, oh, you know, okay, maybe there's a an out-of-conference game. They, they, they play Georgia. They play a Notre Dame. And, you know, that's where you really think that there might be a stumble. That's where you th- think there might be, okay, this will be this will be an interesting game. Uh, but you, what's interesting about it is the fact that the ACC is getting better. The ACC is, you know, kind of rising. And Clemson was that water that, that's pulling up on the ships there. So, you know, I think having Wake Forest and Clemson, or excuse me, an NC State back-to-back, uh, it is certainly going to be something that is, is fun to watch. Obviously, Wake Forest was the Atlantic champion a year ago, and then an NC State team that has a lot of excitement and a lot of hype right now because of all the experience they return, one of the best quarterbacks in the country in Devin Leary, uh, and, and then ending it on a big stretch here at Notre Dame, Miami at home. Um, you know, the, those two games have the potential to be, you know, ranked matchups, top 10 matchups. And, and so just seeing how Clemson can finish the season – uh, is certainly going to be something to keep an eye on. Well, I like that you mentioned the pack there because I do think they could be a sleeper. They're eight to one odds in the ACC um, market here. And, and this is arguably the best team that Dave Dorn has had, bringing back 17 starters in 2022, most of any team in the conference. You mentioned Devin Leary there, 35 touchdowns, just five picks last season. They did beat Clemson last year. Is the sky kind of the limit uh, for the, the Wolf Pack here coming into 2022? Absolutely. And health is the lucky word. I mean, they have to stay healthy. They have to, you know, keep this great linebacking core. That's going to be one of the best in the country healthy uh, that has so much depth, uh, but the star power up front is, is just really impressive. And then you add in Devin Leary, uh, as you mentioned, his stats, there, a guy that can make every throw and throws a very catchable ball. You know, when I talk with my brother, EJ Manuel, uh, he, he says all the time, it's, it's pretty ball when it comes out. It's not too hot. It's not too lofty. It's literally this perfect, you know, pass that any receiver will want to catch. And, and so he can make all of those different passes. And uh, it's just been very impressive to see. And, and really when I watch quarterback stormy and I see the things that, you know, they do and progress, 
year two to three is a massive jump. And that's what we're about to see from Devin Leary. I, I really think that we might see a, a Kenny Pickett like explosion talking about 4,000 plus yards, 40 plus touchdowns from this young man. Cause NC state, they're going to throw it a lot this year. Here with Eric McLean, ACC Network and ESPN College Football Analyst at Eric McLean on Twitter. Um, you mentioned Kenny Pickett, which obviously brings Pitt to mind. And Pat Narduzzi made some, some funny, interesting comments about the Big Ten saying that the Panthers would have won the Peach Bowl if Pickett had played. And he said, if that's one of the best Big Ten teams, let's go to the Big Ten and win it every year. What was your reaction to that statement? <laughs> uh, first of all, I love that guy. I mean, he, he's going to fight for whatever conference he's in, if it's the ACC, the big 10, and he's going to pound the drum, beat his chest and, and say, look, this, this is what we got. But uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's any question that if Kenny Pickett was playing that they would have slept in that game. I mean, they, they would have won it with ease. Michigan state had one of the worst pass defenses in the country. Uh, and, and Pitt had a third string quarterback in that could, that could barely move in the pocket. So, um, yeah, I don't like those odds with anybody that's playing with their third string guy that, that maybe had 10 passes all year. Uh, and I, I feel much more comfortable with a Heisman finalist uh, at quarterback. So I'm with it. I, I totally understand what he's saying. And, and at the end of the day, um, you know, it's, it's going to be very interesting with all this conference realignment stuff. He, he might get his wish sooner than later. I can't wrap my brain around still the USC and UCLA changing conferences here. I mean, from sea to shining sea, LA to Rutgers and Jersey. It's just, <laughs> it's such a bizarre concept to me. I don't understand. <laughs> Yeah, it's wild. And the crazy thing to me is the people that are making these decisions preach and preach and preach all the time about it's about the student athletes. It's about them. I guarantee you it's not. I guarantee you, you don't give a dang about the guys that are going to be flying across the country at 1 a.m. in the morning uh, and have to get on a four hour flight. I promise you, you don't care about them when you made that decision. And so it's going to be really interesting just to, to see all of it happen. Now, is it great for branding and money? Absolutely. And this is a business at the end of the day, but you know, all that chatter that I do here, I, I just hope it quiets down and, and let's just be real. Let's be truthful. And Let's be businessmen and women. Well, and that's just good, at least for the the two of us in our roles as host analysts and reporters that um, we don't have to worry about those logistics on our end. That's not that's, that's above right. our pay grade. <laughs> um, back to uh, some ACC talk here, though. A lot of head coaching turnover in the league this year Four new head coaches, most notably, of course, going to be Mario Cristobal uh, back at the U Miami, a team. A lot of smart people have going over their season win total of eight and a half have winning the coastal competing potentially for an ACC title this year. And we know what a great track record that Cristobal has as a recruiter that he had at Oregon, but in the immediate future, is it as bright in Coral Gables as a lot of people think? I think, I think it is. Um, I think when you look at the, the quarterback that he has this year, the attitude and mindset that he has brought to this Miami program, not using the turnover chain, not having a bunch of extracurricular activities going on at practice. Let's just play football. Let's be physical. Let's get back to basics uh, and, and be ultimately the Miami uh, that won multiple national championships in a row and became one of the most feared, you know, teams in, in all the land. And, and so I think he brings that edge to them where we can see that happen fairly quickly. Um, the, the biggest deal is going to be, do they have enough playmakers? Do they have enough supporting cast around Tyler Van Dyke, uh, you know, to, to make him that special quarterback? You know, we saw a year ago, Charleston Rambo, Mike Harley uh, being really, you know, instrumental pieces that he could go to, uh, whenever something was going wrong and, and those guys are gone, you know, so who's going to step up, who's it going to be. They certainly have guys on the roster. It's just a question of stepping up. So I'm excited to see it. I, I think that offense is going to be really fun with coach Gaddis and the balance attack that, you know, it's going to want to smash the ball uh, running. Uh, and at the end of the day, it, it, it comes down to quarterback play and how much better can Tyler Van Dyke do as a full-time starter? Absolutely. I know a lot of excitement about Van Dyke, a lot of excitement about the program with Mario Cristobal holding things down. Eric, thank you so much. We really, really appreciate your time today. Yeah, no doubt. Have a great show. Always great talking with you. Thank you. Uh, look forward to hearing plenty of him on ACC calls throughout the course of this season. Um, and I'm interested... I like what he said about the turnover chain coming away and the no-nonsense type of an attitude. We talked about that with Sean King yesterday on the program, that that's just the type of guy that Cristobal is, and he gets his players to be passionate about their teammates, about going out there on the football field and doing the work. So, yeah, 
high hopes for the U coming up. We'll turn our attention back to Major League Baseball when we come back. Leo Mazzoni, former MLB pitching coach, talking some Cy Young. the sports betting network chris king one of the lead handicappers over at winner and winers has been crushing it with his parlays as of late but he's also on a strong run with his straight bets going five and oh his last five he's our hottest capper at the moment he's gonna look to keep it rolling today if you head to chris's page over at winnersandwiners.com and use that promo code chris vsin 75 at checkout you'll get any of his packages at 75 percent off that's promo code chris vsin 75 at checkout and get any of his packages 75 percent off the normal price rolling along here in hour two of follow the money stormy bon and tony in for mitch and paul getting some well-deserved vacation time turning the page now to some major league baseball conversation very excited to welcome in leo mazzoni former mlb pitching coach one of the best to ever do it coach six cy young award-winning seasons and three Hall of Fame pitchers, Tom Glavin, John Smoltz, Greg Maddox with the Braves organization. And now, Leo, heading into the Braves Hall of Fame yourself in just about a week. And I know that you've known this is coming for a while, but to finally be at the doorstep of that moment, how are you feeling? How excited are you? Oh, I'm very excited. Matter of fact, it's uh, I, 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 it's got me rocking in the dugout again, only I'm rocking at home. So uh, no, it's, it, what an honor, you know, and I'm, I'm going in with Joe Torrey and, and my golly, uh, and then to be up on the wall with Hank Aaron and the great Braves players of all time. And, uh, I talked to Bobby Cox the other day and he said, make sure to tell him that he wants my plaque next to his. So <laughs> it's, it's, it, it's very exciting. I, I, it's, it's beyond my imagination to be honest with you, but what an honor. I love it. Absolutely. Congratulations. That Braves hall of fame induction coming up on July 30th. is going to be great. Um, and, the All-Star Game weekend that uh, was taking place the other day, I wanted to ask you about just philosophically. I feel like when I was watching the game, it was a very good representation, very in line of the type of baseball we see today, right? Where it's hard, dominant, solid pitching, and that the big bats that are just swinging as hard as they can at a fastball and getting that thing out of the yard. How difficult is it for pitching coaches today Knowing, like, I mean, it's different now. They used to be pitching so many innings. Now they're just pitching hard and fast, anything that they can do. And it's, it's shorter outings. It's a different type of game now. No, it, it is different. The game has changed. And I don't necessarily think it's for the better, you know. And, I, and I'm not being an old fuddy-duddy or anything like that. It's just that what happens is it gets it starts in travel baseball with these pitchers. that Because all they talk about is how hard you can throw and I think that's the main reason that you have 52% of Tommy John surgeries, 21 years of age and younger. And it's all starting with this velocity stuff of how hard you can throw. But here, you got to remember one thing, too. When you're seeing how hard somebody throws in a game and, and, and they're describing, oh, he threw 100 miles an hour, this or that, just subtract five, and that'll be the real number. Because if you subtract five, because they used to time it, in other words, coming across home plate, now they time it coming out of the pitcher's hand. For example, if Maddox and Glavin averaged, they averaged 88 miles an hour during their career, right? That would be 93 today. So Smoltz's 92 would be 97. So these are things that I take into account when I'm listening to this, you know, and I'm going, is this all the emphasis we want to do is to put that on how hard you can throw and how far you can hit it? And then half the time you watch little contact in the game. And uh, so therefore, and then the other thing is we always had a theory. What is the greatest teacher a pitcher has? The greatest teacher a pitcher has is innings pitched, and they're taking innings pitched away from the pitchers, including the minor leagues when they're trying to develop their pitches, taking innings away, being very protective of, of, of uh, health, health issues. And what they're doing is they're raising the risk of health issues. Once a pitcher gets on a routine from April to the seventh game of the World Series, that routine should never change. The other thing is, too, now with hitters, they call it the launch angle. Well, we called it uppercutters. So when you had uppercutters, you know, if you faced an uppercutter, you had to pitch a little bit more north and south instead of east and west. So that's changed. The strike zone, the down and away strike or those borderline strikes, they're not strikes anymore. So, you know, and we used to know that if we played Barry Bonds or Tony Gwynn or, or Wade Boggs or those types of great hitters, we weren't going to get a called strike if they didn't swing. 
We also know that if our pitchers had great control, they were rewarded for, for having great control. All that's thrown out the window now. The, the baseball part of it is thrown out the window. It's the percentages, this and that. And, of course, the, the shift, you know, the shift. My golly, you could beat it every time. I talked to a minor league coach, and I said, uh, don't you teach guys to go the opposite way or, you know, play uh, go to the left, opposite left center, opposite right center? I said, that's how we taught hitting all that time. No, we're, we are told now by the front office we can't mess with their swings. Managers are told now, okay, after five innings, the, 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 the uh, analytical – People, I'll be nice and say people, you know, are saying after after the pitcher goes around three, two, three times, three times the lineup, uh, the percentages go go up that he's going to give up a run or two. You mean to tell me you're going to take pitchers out of a ball game in the fifth inning of the postseason after five innings throwing a no hitter? I mean, this this and how about the great pitching matchup? You know, that the one Maddox against Clemens or you know Clavin uh, against Randy Johnson, Smoltz against Kurt Schilling where you're expecting both of them to go nine and have a battle down to the end. I mean, but that's just me. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I love it. I love the insight. And and one small part of that conversation early on in, in your comments there about the injury side of things and guys having Tommy John earlier in their careers, uh, you worry about the career longevity of a lot of these players. And if they are having injuries, how that might play out. And one guy that stands out to me right now is, of course, going to be Mets pitcher Jacob DeGrom, who New York's being very cautious with, but he's been hurt for most of the calendar year. What do you make of his injury history? And and do you think that we can count on him being there for their second half push? Because the Mets are certainly a team that looks built to go a long way here in the postseason. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm very curious to, 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 to know why we don't hear much about it. If you, if you think about it, it's been very quiet. I don't, I'm not. I'm not very confident that he's going to pitch the rest of the year. To be honest with you, and 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 when I was talking to, um, I was talking to Dixie Youth Baseball, the managers and coaches of these kids and the parents. Okay, I asked them. I said, you know, you're too old. Uh, you're too young to remember Maddie Sklavis Smoltz, but who, who, who? Everybody remembered Degrom. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I said, well, what did, last year? What did Degrom lead the category in? What statistic did he lead the category in? at the all-star break. And they said, well, what is it? I said, he threw more fastballs over hundred mile, hundred miles an hour than any pitcher up to the all-star break. And they said, Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. I said, what's he doing now? He's not pitching in the second half. Now here's the key to this whole thing. Say, for example, I'm coaching DeGrom, just like I coached the players, uh, uh, some of our power pitchers in Atlanta. Would you rather throw 95, 100 miles an hour or learn to control your effort and locate about 95 or 94 to take the stress off your arm? And how you do that is you get on the mound of practice throwing more often with less exertion. And then that way you can locate a pitch and not have to, you know, not have to just blow every pitch. And this, the genius of Bobby Cox was we had a max out inning. In other words, a max out inning was is the pitcher going to max out on his effort in this particular inning? Okay. If I said, yes, he is, he'd say, okay, we'll have a reliever ready. And if I said, no, he's not, he's perfectly fine. They'll say, okay, we won't have a reliever ready. And guess what? Pitch count had nothing to do with it. So therefore in talking to DeGrom, I'm, I know I'm getting off a little bit, but it goes back to DeGrom. You know, you talk to guys, ask them what they've been doing in between starts. And a lot of them throw as hard as they can in between starts. That's the dumbest damn thing you can do. You throw in between starts and you throw more often in between starts, but you never throw as hard as you can in between starts. So, you know, if you want to throw hundred miles an hour all the time and, uh, and say, Ooh, ah, wow. And the announcers go crazy and this and that, uh, that's why I don't have a lot of confidence in how much the Grom's going to pitch in the second half. Uh, but it's so quiet. Everything's kept quiet. Yeah, really, really interesting to see how things are going to play out with Jacob DeGrom here moving forward. Uh, we've only got about a minute left with you here, Leo. But, of course, the Braves winning the World Series just one year ago. Um, looking mm-hmm. like potentially trying to make a run here in the second half themselves. How do you think they might set up for, for the pennant race, for the postseason run, with the way that their staff looks? So I think their staff looks great. I said the starting rotation now is the, becoming more consistent. They're running five guys out there on a regular basis that are pitching extremely well. Uh, and I, and I, and I would do this. I would say, okay, you guys, I would just tell them right now, you're the five guys taking us down the, all the way. 
We're not going to skip no starts. We're not going to do this. We just just go out and pitch for crying out loud, you know, because they got five guys that are really coming together, and of course they've got a great lineup. And I think it, they're they're going to. I think they're going to make the postseason. I think I think the Mets are probably going to make it too. And uh, I I'm, I am rooting for Buck Showalter to get in the playoffs, not necessarily to win it, but to get in them, you know, because he's done a great job there. I think he's manager of the year right now in the National League. But I think both of them are going to be in. I think. Uh, and I think the the Braves and the Mets, if I had to pick a World Series, everybody's going to say Yankees and Dodgers, and I agree with that, but then I might go Astros and Braves too, so. Well, I like uh, the Braves on the, the yeah, the value standpoint for the Braves right now, 8-1, to one, looking pretty good to see if they could ultimately get back there and repeat. <laughs> Leo, thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate you. Okay, let me know what the odds are for Notre Dame winning the national championship, okay? Okay, we'll do. I'll look it up next. I'm a, I'm a Golden Domer fan myself here. That's Leo Mazzoni. Former, atta girl, atta girl. <laughs> former Braves pitching coach, uh, legitimately one of the best ever to do it. So grateful to have him with us. We'll get into a little bit more baseball later on here. But don't go anywhere more. Follow the money ahead. Trevor Maddich coming up next. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hermosi, Layla Hermosi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. Is getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. 
Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the money on VSEN, the sports betting network. DraftKings Casino brings you a new era of your favorite games, including blackjack, roulette, slots, plus live dealer table games. And just this week, the DraftKings Casino has paid out some huge wins. A player bet $20 and won over $37,000 on Dazzle, I mean, Megaways. Another bet $13.50 and won over $31,000 on Dead or Alive. A different big winner bet $3.75 to win $25,000 on 100,000 Pyramids. So download the DraftKings Casino app today. New customers can claim a deposit bonus up to $2,000. Plus, DraftKings is starting you off with up to $50 in free credits just for signing up. So download the DraftKings Casino app and use the code VSIN to claim this offer. It must be 21 or up for entertainment purposes only no results guaranteed but see casino.draftkings.com for full details rolling along here on follow the money this morning stormy bond and tony with you in for the guys mitch and Polly, and continuing our college football conversation bring in trevor maddich espn college football analyst and nbc sports washington nfl analyst former byu center national champion played 12 seasons in the league did all the things trevor thank you for coming on with us today how are you Stormy, I'm great. I appreciate you having me on. You do such a great job, and I'm, I'm in, enjoying talking to you. Appreciate you saying that. And as you know, um, I have covered plenty of BYU football games over the last couple of years and very excited and optimistic about their season ahead as well. Uh, a launching point for what's to come in the Big 12, potentially. What's your outlook on the Cougars coming into this 2022 season? They have the potential to have a fantastic season. There's a couple of reasons why. Jaron Hall is rounded into an outstanding quarterback, and he'll be behind a, an offensive line that has a chance to be one of the best BYU's ever had. I mean, this is a strong and deep offensive line. But what especially gives me encouragement, Stormy, is their defense, because last year the defense started strong and then had some injuries down the stretch, some really key injuries, especially on the D-line and linebacker. And by the time they lost that game to Baylor, they were just out of people. But the benefit for 2022 is that a whole lot of young guys that weren't supposed to play did play and played a lot. Now you've got a bunch of those starters back and young guys with a lot more game experience. So BYU, their schedule is going to be pretty brutal. But at the same time, I think this BYU team has a chance to make a lot of noise this year. Yeah, they do have to play Baylor at Oregon, Notre Dame, Arkansas, at Boise State. Certainly a tough schedule ahead. I wanted to ask you, though, about the first game of the season because my my usual co-host this week, Sean King, is out, unfortunately, today. But he, for some reason, is so high that South Florida, the humidity, it's going to get to the guys at BYU and that the Cougars are going to be upset week one. I need you to just set the record straight that that's not going to happen for my guy, Sean. No, that's not going to happen. I mean, they struggled with UCF the last or USF the last time they played them. But I, I think BYU is going to be fine. I mean, that humidity is brutal. But keep in mind that BYU trains at nearly a mile of altitude. And so they, they're used to, to stuffing oxygen into their lungs. And so they'll be at sea level down there in South Florida, but they will also, um, and in the humidity, but they will have extra oxygen to put into their lungs. And that matters. People say that, yeah, well, the altitude doesn't matter for one game. Every time opponents came up to play BYU and they go up to Wyoming or Air Force at 7,000 feet, they always, the coaches always tell their players that the altitude doesn't matter. But it matters a lot. And if you're a pilot, you know that, that an air, a small airplane operates differently in terms of its power output at sea level than it does at 4,000 or 7,000 feet. And then the lungs are the same way. And so I think BYU is going to have a trade-off there. USF is going to have, uh, it's going to pose them a problem, but don't worry about, you know, Sean is not going to have the last laugh on this one. I am so excited that that was your insight because that was very close. I mean, you said it much better, but that was very close to my argument that I had as well. I was like, they're at altitude all the time. They they are going to be just fine. Um, in terms of the bigger picture with college football and all of the realignment talk that has gone on lately, very unexpected 
most people, if not all people, to see USC and UCLA make the transition that they did. Obviously, we talk about BYU and them going to the Big 12 because of what Texas and Oklahoma elected to do last year going into this season. So, so many moving parts, a lot of question marks. What have you made of all of this? And do you think that we're going to get a semblance of, of this being normal, of mega conferences being normal? How do you view this? Stormy, I think that what fans need to watch for is one thing. And that one thing is if the Big 12, or excuse me, the Big 10 and the SEC form their own upper division with their own playoff, their own NFL style Super Bowl kind of thing, and their own commissioner collectively bargain with players so that they include revenue sharing and things like that. Um, if that happens, then everything changes and everybody else will be vying for the title of best of the rest for a variety of reasons. If that does not happen, then what you've got is most fans will notice a, a shakeup in scheduling for a few teams and a different conference logo on a few jerseys. Other than that, we might have our 12 team playoff. Everybody's still included. It's no big deal. And everybody should settle down. Right. But if, the SEC and Big Ten decide to go their own way, then you've got a real problem. And it went for the rest of college football from a standpoint of access. And based on you know what SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey was talking about in his comments at SEC Media Day, uh, it, it sounds like that's on the table. Not like they're rushing headlong into it, but that that's on the table. So fans need to watch for that one thing. It's not about money necessarily. It's about whether or not there's a new playoff and revenue sharing in the top two, really the top two conferences that make a new division. I know also you have been very interested in Notre Dame's role in all of this and, and where they might fit. And a lot of things are based so much on TV contracts, but what's Notre Dame's role to you? To me, Notre Dame is being held hostage and Notre Dame is holding some other schools hostage. <laughs> Because if, if the very accurate. And the That's SEC, very accurate. Yeah. If it, yeah, they, they, they're sort of the linchpin to see what falls apart and what gets built. Because if the Big Ten and SEC form their own division with their own top-tier playoff, then Notre Dame has to join the Big Ten. They just have to. Otherwise, they won't have access to the highest level of college football. And that's one of the, the short list of criteria that Notre Dame has stated about remaining independent. You know, they, they need to have a TV partner. They need to have access to the national championship. These are things that are important to Notre Dame. But if they don't have access to that championship, Notre Dame has to join. But if Notre Dame, this, so the Big Ten in some ways holds Notre Dame hostage, the Big Ten and SEC, because if they go their own, Notre Dame's not going to have a choice anymore. They're going to have to join. But the flip side of that is this. If Notre Dame does join the Big Ten, then the Pac-12 will likely disappear as we know it. It's already different as we know it. But if Notre Dame joins the Big Ten, it's very likely that Oregon and Washington, that academically are both members of the Association of American Universities, which is a top-tier designation of research universities, which is very important to the Big Ten, that their schools be a member of that. So it's very likely that those two premier Pac-12 schools that remain will then join the Big Ten, and then everything else changes. So Notre Dame is sitting there, I believe, looking for that one sign. Will the Big Ten and SEC form their own upper-tier division with their own upper-tier playoff that everybody else is excluded from, have a commissioner, collective bargaining, and all the rest that would come with it, and Notre Dame would have to join? If that happens, the Pac-12 is, is toast as we know it. So Notre Dame is the school to watch. If they stand pat, it's because they don't believe that there will be a new tier of playoff that they will be excluded from and the rest of college football can breathe a sigh of relief because then it's likely that the 12 team playoff will still give access to everybody. The Pac-12 is toast. There goes my Pac-12 after dark games, Trevor. Come on. Uh, um, no, but I, I completely agree and understand everything that you're coming from here. I can't let you get out of here without talking a little Washington commanders though, because of course also in your role as NBC sports, Washington NFL analyst, the commanders have a new name. They have a new quarterback. Can they finally break past that seven-win mark and, and get the over on their win total this year? What's your outlook for the Washington Commanders? I think, I think they have everything they need except certainty at quarterback. 
The defense should be better. The offense should be dramatically better, especially because of the additions they put a receiver. Carson Wentz is the key. And I don't know which Carson Wentz is going to show up. I mean, for years, Commanders fans saw Carson Wentz break their hearts. I mean, get pressured in the pocket, somehow miraculously escape, extend the play to 8, 10 seconds, and then throw the ball down the field as a dagger touchdown or a dagger first down. It's just Carson Wentz was that guy in Philly at times. Even so, Philly dumped him when they didn't have a real backup to replace him. I mean, Jalen Hurts was not uh, an NFL experienced backup. And so then he goes to the Colts with his former Philly offensive coordinator, Frank Reich, as the Colts head coach. Everybody thought they'd resuscitate his career. And after one season where his numbers were actually pretty good, they dumped him without a backup to replace him. You would think that whatever problems he had off the field, he would have fixed in Indianapolis. But he did not. Seems like they got worse. So the question is, which Carson Wentz will it be? Yeah. If it's if it's Carson Wentz getting it right, they'll be in great shape. If not, they're in trouble. Trevor, unfortunately, we're up against it. I could talk to you all day, but appreciate the time as always. That is Trevor Maddich. More Follow the Money coming up next. The Sports Betting Network. This weekend, root, root, root for your favorite Philadelphia and Chicago players with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook during this weekend's Philadelphia Chicago series. Bet on any player to hit a home run and get the stake back if the player records a hit. Plus, every Saturday, bet $25 on a baseball same game parlay to get a free $10 Bet Rivers bet. Visit BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers online sportsbook app for all the latest baseball odds, promotions, and boosts. Hit a home run with BetRivers this weekend. It's a whole new game. Stormy Bond and Tony with you live from downtown Las Vegas Circa Resort and Casinos. Welcome back to Follow the Money. Filling in for Mitch and Polly today. And NFL training camps already underway with the Raiders. A lot of them getting started next week, including the Buffalo Bills. Excited to talk it over with Eric Wood. Former Pro Bowl center, spent nearly a decade in the league with the Bills, now doing color commentary as their team radio analyst at EWood70 on Twitter. Eric, how are you today? Thank you for joining us. Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Stormy. Yeah, so excited that finally talking season is about to be over. We're going to have training camp. We're going to have actual games and players on the field. The Bills looking pretty solid, a 6-1 to favorite in this year's Super Bowl odds. And, you know, last year... Obviously, you win the AFC East for a second straight season before the coin flip heard round the world. If you say 13 seconds to somebody out there in Buffalo, you might get smacked in the face. Um, but while last year they were unable to, this year, do you think that they can live up to the high expectations and reach the ultimate goal? Yeah, I think so. And heading into the season, the odds makers are saying the same. And when you Look at the Bills last season. One of their biggest flaws was in big situations against great teams, think Kansas City, they were not able to get to uh, the passer. And so they go out and they add a Von Miller, you know, likely a top five edge rusher in the NFL. So they're able to get Von Miller. They bring back virtually everybody off of that uh, roster last year that was so dominant. And, you know, if they, if they handle that final 13 seconds better or if they win that coin toss, then the Bills are likely favored in their next two games at home against the Bengals in the AFC Championship game and then likely favored as well in the Super Bowl. So there's a lot of excitement, but every year you got to start all the way over. You don't get to go back to Kansas City in the divisional round and just do that game over. Uh, the Bills got a lot of work ahead of them. Yeah, and I'm sure that that motivation factor will come into play this year alongside that. And this was a very active team in free agency. One of the bigger pickups, a name that you mentioned right there in Von Miller, getting added to a defense that was already tops in the league in points allowed, passing and total yards allowed, third and forcing turnovers. What's the impact of a guy like Von Miller specifically who does have two Super Bowls to his name, a Super Bowl MVP on his resume, a veteran presence that he can come into that room and somebody who knows what it takes to get there. Yeah, I think first and foremost, you get a productive rusher, but all the things that you mentioned uh, are, are impactful as well. He's likely going to be a team captain. He's a veteran presence. He's been to the big games. He knows what it takes. The Bills also have invested a lot of early round draft picks over the last few years 
in pass rushers. First round draft pick from two years ago, Greg Rousseau, their uh, first pick um, the year before that was AJ Epinesa. These guys will be impacted by having a Von Miller in the room. So where you get a dominant edge rusher, you also get a mentor from for some of these um, young players that you put a lot of draft capital into. Josh Allen, as we turn our attention to the the head guy here, his numbers obviously did take a little bit of a dip last year. Yards, completions, completion percentage, touchdowns all down, interceptions up. But that's on the back end of a 2020 season that was just ridiculous, right? That he was was doing everything. You could ask a top three player at the position. When you look at Allen this year, do you think that he rebounds and takes that step forward? Or is it status quo from a year ago? How do you feel about Josh Allen? Yeah, I mean, you'd like to say he's going to take a step forward each and every year, but when you have such a phenomenal statistics-wise 2020 season, you know, their goal was to win the AFC East, and and really they wanted home field throughout the playoffs and unable to handle a few games in the AFC kind of midpoint of the year last year. So, you know, Josh will tell you, and he'll say all the right things. He's not necessarily worried about the stats. He's about worried about the wins. He's going out and chasing a ring. But when you look at the Bills last year, and if you nitpick a top five offense in the league in which they had, you would say their yards after catch has to improve. And they were last in the league in yards after catch. So that puts a lot of pressure on a Josh Allen to kind of throw guys open or or take the deep shot down the field because yards after the catch aren't coming. So they go out and they added Jamison Crowder from the Jets in free agency. You draft James Cook to be more of a receiving threat out of the backfield. And then what we saw from Gabriel Davis and everyone knows the four touchdown game he had against the chiefs in the postseason, but he really emerged in that second half of the season last year. And he could be a guy that produces as well on the outside alongside Stefan Diggs, um, who's, who's a definite number one receiver in the NFL. Well, that was what I was going to ask you too. Obviously Stefan Diggs, we saw just the way that he was able to break out the chemistry standpoint for those two I feel like that's got some serious potential to be on display as one of the best one-two punches that you have out there between quarterback and receiver. How do you feel about it? Yeah, and it has been the last couple of years, and it was remarkable in 2020 how well uh, they were able to get on the same page considering there was no offseason with COVID and you know limited training camp and everything else, and, and they were able to come out and have just a phenomenal season. But you have a you just have an unbelievable connection with Diggs and Josh Allen and last year, even Diggs kind of took a step back as far as the amount of balls he caught. But, you know, when all the focus goes to Diggs, that's going to free up some other guys. And that's where you see a Dawson Knox, you know, be top two in the league in receiving touchdowns for tight ends. Win total for the Bills, 11 and a half coming off the 11 and six season. When you look at this division, the Patriots and Dolphins are, are both around plus 450, five to one odds uh, to win the AFC East. Sorry, Jets fans, 22 to one. You're not in the conversation for me. Of those other teams, if somebody were to elevate their game, who do you think would be the biggest threat to Buffalo in the division? Yeah, I think when you look at Miami and them adding Tyreek Hill and adding some pieces down there, um, they had a ton of talent on defense already. Um, you get a new head coach that's going to bring in some excitement with O'Daniel. So all those things considered, um, I would say Miami poses the biggest threat. Now, Josh Allen has been absolutely dominant against Miami throughout his career. Um, but um, all that being said to me, especially on paper, as we sit here right now, I would say the Dolphins. But when you look at this division, so many young quarterbacks in, in we all know the quarterback position is the most important position in all of professional sports. So when you look at Zach Wilson, when you look at Tua and you look at Mac Brown, you're looking around the division and saying your biggest threat is likely which of those young quarterbacks ends up playing the best ball in 2022. Well, in Tua Tungavailoa with the Dolphins, the everybody keeps saying now that you have all of these weapons, they have done everything to support you as much as possible. This is the year. This is the make or break. Do you do you think it's make or break? I do. And you know, the Dolphins organization made a run at Deshaun Watson. There was a lot of smoke around um, the, the rumors that they were trying to go get Deshaun Watson. So there was already um, some inklings within the organization that maybe they need to move on. And now you get a year where you have some of the best skill position players in football uh, with a run game to support it. It's it's time for him to get over the hump. And, and this is a make or break year, in my opinion, for Tua. 
Who are some of the more intriguing teams for you this year outside of the division as you look around the league? You know, the AFC is just completely loaded. And when you look at Denver, you know, what, what do they look like with a Russell Wilson at quarterback? And, you know, they pick up Russell Wilson. Uh, my One of my close friends, Nate Hackett, their new head coach, comes over from the Packers, and they already had a great defense last year. Can that team get over the hump and add another contender in the AFC? Does Baltimore stay healthy this year? And, you know, Lamar Jackson get on pace. Uh, but to me, you know, a lot of what is intriguing to me is just all of the excellent young quarterbacks, um, especially in the AFC right now. And then when you look out West in the AFC, you know, it was an arms race and free agency of adding pass rushers and adding threats to the outside with Devontae Adams going over to the Raiders. That's going to be a fun division to watch. Well, that's what I keep thinking about. That conversation always makes me laugh. Like how do you rank the top quarterbacks in the AFC West? Because they're they're all so good. I imagine, you know, Patrick Mahomes is still going to be first on that list for most people, but Justin Herbert elevating his game, Derek Carr with the weapons that he has, and Russell Wilson, it's as good as it gets from a quarterback standpoint in the AFC West. Oh, you're exactly right. And uh, I, I was laughing when everybody was wondering where Aaron Rodgers would end up this year. I kept joking that I, I would bet he does not make it uh, over to the AFC. That would not be very <laughs> smart for the veteran to go over and compete with all those guys to try and go chase another ring. But yeah, that, that division is going to be a ton of fun to watch week in and week out. When you talk about there being six divisional games um, for, for each of those teams, it's, it's going to be fun to watch. Eric, we got to let you go. We're up against it, but 10 seconds. How's Louisville going to be this year? Man, I have hope for my cards and uh, you know, they've been hot on the recruiting trail. Not likely or it's not very often that you see Louisville sitting with the top 10 recruiting class, but those guys don't come in until next year. But, uh, but I have hopes for Malik Cunningham at quarterback this year, have a big year, and, uh, and hopefully get maybe eight, nine wins. There we go. Awesome stuff, Eric. Appreciate your time. Yeah, my pleasure. Anytime. That's Eric Wood. Buffalo Bills radio analyst, former Bill and Louisville Center. Uh, we're going to wrap things up on the other side of here in Pocket Plays. Dustin's going to be back here on the desk with us, our favorite bets of the day when we come back. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.